and welcome to the Netball Nation podcast. I'm your host, Emma Louise Jones, and I'm joined, as always, by Sarah Bayman. Hello. Hello. Uh, oh. <coughs> Vitality Netball Super League Coach of the Year, Should Sarah Bayman. Should we do that again and you can intro her? Yeah, yeah. I'm Emma Louise Jones, your host, and I'm joined by... The Vitality Netball Super League Coach of the Year 2019, Sarah Bayman. Yes! Hey <laughs> AKA Netball Royalty. And as always, Maggie Birkinshaw. How are we? I- I'm just a mere model. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> we oh, love you, Max. Geez. We love yeah. you. Uh, are you all right, Sarah? I'm good, thank you. How are you feeling? Um, Empty? Yeah, just like nothing. No, don't happening. know what to do myself. <laughs> hugging your trophy yeah, each night in bed. Yeah, that's all. Just <laughs> right. hugging a bit of glass. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> right, we've got another jam-packed show as we revisit the Vitality Super League Grand Final and chat about all the weekend's action. We're also going to be joined by Super League and international umpire Louise Travis to find out what it takes to be an umpire, get her views on the final and find out about her preparations ahead of the upcoming Netball World Cup. We're also going to jump over the pond as well to see how Suncorp Super Netball is getting on, have a quick chat about Rose's selection news and we'll be putting Mags and Sarah back in the hot seat to answer some of your questions. That all sound all right? Great. Welcome to Netball Nation. Now, Sarah, going to rip this off quickly like a plaster. So, your third and fourth place playoff against Team Bath. Sadly, Loughborough were undone in the final quarter after a resilient Bath side who came back from behind to win the game 62-56. Obviously not the result that you and the girls wanted. No. Uh, but what, what did you make of the game? It was actually a really good game. It was um, an entertaining game and, you know, tight pretty much all the way through. Um, we were winning for a fair majority of it and then, you know, Bath just clawed it back and came back strong and we, yeah, we just didn't didn't quite finish it off, which was disappointing. What was the feeling like after that game? Um, you know, obviously they're disappointed, but I think like I said last week, like it would have been not, it would have been lovely to get third, but it's it's really not the end of the world. And I think they were they were less disappointed because we put out a decent performance. I think um, you know, the week before against Wasps there was a, a, a really big sense of frustration because they hadn't you know given a good account of themselves and and didn't sort of do themselves justice and I think I think on Saturday they did a much better job of that and so yeah they were disappointed but you know it's the end of season let's just have a and drink. also it's a good end to the season At the end it of the is day, a good that's... end to the season and, and the day as a whole was a fantastic day because you know it was a packed copper box uh, a, a really good game between ourselves and Bath um, a, a phenomenal final you know, the right people won awards. Um, so I'm, joking. I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. No, she's not. <laughs> no, I'm not. There was some, no, no. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, but t- t- as a whole, it was just a, a, a massive advert for netball. And I think, um, you know, as much as like it's a pain in the backside going down to play a third, fourth playoff, it was a fantastic day. So Absolutely. Yeah. There was a real buzz around it. There was, there? massive buzz. And how do you now, you and the girls, how do you prepare for next season? Because that's what you're going to be looking ahead to. <sighs> yeah, Um you know, all the girls have got a bit of time off. The ones who go into England camp have got two weeks off. The rest of them have got a little bit longer. And then we'll start contracting players again for next season, look what our squad looks like, and then get planning for next season. Um, it's, it's a later start next year, so pre-season won't be till later in the year for us. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of planning to do between now and then to make sure we turn that fourth into a different number. Yes, a, a higher one. Well... Lower one. No, lower one, but you know, <laughs> yeah, what, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Right, before we chat about the epic grand final, I've got a bit of a special shout out for you this week, Sarah. Oh. As we've had a lovely email coming all the way from El Salvador from your sister, oh. Naomi. No way. Can we have some tissues, please? Oh. Right. 
Naomi said, just want to say a massive congratulations to my sister, Sarah Bayman, and everything she has achieved with Loughborough Lightning this season. I know she will be gutted they didn't make it to the final, but we're all so proud of her. I live in El Salvador with my family, but we keep up to date with each match and I always listen to the podcast. Her niece, Sophia, sends her a big hug. She's the best sister and auntie and a fantastic role model for so many young girls hoping to make a career in sport. Love you, hon, Naomi. Oh, How nice is that? That is so nice. I told that- her she had to listen to the podcast so we could get another, <laughs> another country TikTok. <laughs> no one else in El Salvador is yeah. listening. Oh. Yes, thanks, Naomi. But that is truly gorgeous. Do you know yeah. why I don't have lovely. a sister? Can she be mine as well? Yeah, yeah, no, she can. And you can have Sophia as well as a niece because I spoke to them on the phone the other day and, and Sophia has just realised that I don't play anymore. Oh. And she's like, absolutely <laughs> devastated. <laughs> Are you never, ever going to play again? Ever? Oh, no. And I was like, oh, oh like I don't I don't know and she's oh. like you should play oh. how so, old Sophia six right can you not just pretend you still do for a little bit longer is well, that not fair come I know on. but she's like one of those kids like if I say I do she'll be like right I'll come and watch you when yeah. I'm when I'm over <laughs> all the way from El yeah. Salvador <laughs> oh well Naomi show me a video <laughs> Naomi and Sophia thank you very much and just to echo what Naomi said as well the Netball Nation family are all very proud of you and all that you've achieved including the Vitality Netball Super League Coach of the Year we're just going to get that in as many times as we can right there moving on grand final and it did not disappoint did it ladies Uh, Mm. defending champions Wasps were going for their third Super League title but it was Manchester Thunder who kept fighting back throughout the game and wouldn't be beaten in a very topsy-turvy game they managed to take the win 57-52 so ladies from a spectator point of view is that the best Super League grand final we've ever seen well, I can't say that because for the last two years, Loughborough have been in it, haven't they? But uh, yeah, but, and also people but, people were like, "Oh, it's the best final we've no. ever seen," and and it it was a great, great final. It was but great. we've had a lot of great finals. Mm, yeah. um, you know, the past, I don't, I can't even remember there being a bad final really no. for a long it's, time. It's lived up to its name. I think the I think the first one, Storm one, which would have been twenty. 15 was it that long? 20 or 2030 I don't know maybe that that was a bit one-sided since then they've been great I think what it is is people get wrapped up in the present so whatever's yeah. happening right now yeah. people go oh my god that's the best ever yeah. I think they? it was because the hype was that wasp were going for the the triple weren't they yeah and you know if you were to put money on it most people would have backed wasps to walk away with that yeah. that treble um I mean even the 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 coaches had the gold fancy gold yeah. shiny tops on but Manchester turned up, they yeah. turned up and said, we are not rolling over, we're here to play. And my God, did they play. And who were the standout players for you? In that? Oh, the, the, there were some, I mean, go right to the very end of the game when poor Mavula had to come off. I mean, Eleanor Cardwell, she stood up because it's a difficult time. Last, what, seven, eight minutes of a game. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the momentum's with, with Thunder. Can she step up? Can she mm. do this job? My God, did that girl do a and job. It, it's harder being a shooter if you, mm. like... I, I was obviously mid-court, but if you're mid-court, you can just kind of get out the way a little bit. Yeah. If you're a shooter, everyone's watching you. Everyone's There's nowhere going, to hide. is she going to miss? Yeah. Is she going to miss? And mm. she was just like, cool as a cucumber. Yeah. But I mean, massive shout out. She, she is she is a good friend, so but it, so I'm a bit biased, but I thought she was phenomenal in Lower Malks. Because, the, I thought she was the player of the game. Yeah, I mean, like Bongi played so well mm. against us in the semi-final and, and the job that Lower Malcolm did on her was phenomenal. Um, I thought that Wasps were 
missing a change in that attack end. And, I, and you know, Sofia Kandapa got injured earlier in the season and I thought they really could have done with someone like her mm. on the bench because they were struggling to get depth off the second phase centre pass. They were struggling to get it towards circle. Rach Dunn was doing a lot of work outside the circle. And that was due to, to really Emma Dovey and Laura yeah. Malcolm. And, awesome job. Yeah, they did a great job. And Thunder went down by six, didn't they, as well, on yeah. more than one occasion. How hard... Is that to get get that back, get that momentum back? When it's you've not back. hard if you believe in yourself. Yeah, you know they, they. We've seen it before. You know, you can never. They're a bit like Manchester United. Mm. You know, there can be two or three goals don't down. Ruin it well, for them. Oh, <laughs> I mean, sorry, I don't are think they, they are. city fans? Are they I city think... fans? <laughs> um, you can You cannot. They will not lie down. Yeah, and they will no. play to the and very I, last minute. And I think most people they went in to th- three quarter time six down, mm. and a lot of people near where I was sitting was like, "Oh, it's done." Right, it's done. Nah. Yeah. yeah, and I was looking at it, and I was like, "This, like, this isn't nah. done." But I also, even I didn't expect it to go from six down to five up. You think, mm. oh, they might squeak a one-goal win. You don't think they're going to absolutely annihilate what's eighteen-seven in the last quarter? Like that's just ridiculous. Of. But I mean, fair play to Was. They they were good. They were very, very good for three quarters. Quarter one good. and quarter three. Yeah, yeah. they were very, very good. Um, and I thought also they just showed a level of humility and at the end and just respectful in terms of it's hard to lose a final like it's really really hard and the yeah, last thing you want to do is stay out in the middle and talk to anyone or speak to the opposition and you know they they kind of just they were just a class act yeah. and they were graceful yeah and you've yeah. got you've got to give them credit for that because it's not easy to do absolutely and do you think Eleanor Caldwell, Cardwell coming on and putting in that performance does it now put her in contention for a Roses call up do you think no. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, straight to the point there, Sarah. <laughs> it's, I think it's a little bit too late, really. The, yeah. the decisions will be made. Yeah. Sorry, it, just whacked my microphone. <laughs> it'll be a done deal. She, she feels really passionate about this, no, does Sarah? No, I don't at Bang. all. I, I don't at all. I mean, it, it'd, be, it'd be lovely for Ellie to go, but I think it's it's been done and dusted. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, she's she's not got enough court time this year to justify yeah. getting, getting to a World Cup, I don't think. Uh, well, thank you for that, ladies. Uh, we're now going to get an umpire's point of view on the game as we're lucky enough to be joined by Louise Travis, who was one of the officials last Saturday. Hello, Louise. Hello, ladies. Thank Hi. you so much for joining us. And you can blame Sarah for this because she dropped you in it, didn't she, a few episodes ago? Yes, I remember it well. Thank yeah. you, <laughs> Well, we just we just said we're, we're sick of Gary being everywhere, you know. His, <laughs> his, his bald head gets everywhere, so we're, we're not having it anymore. <laughs> Let's get Louise on. Uh, right, before we uh, quiz you about the grand final, I'm just going to let our listeners know a bit about your umpiring CV. Is that all right? Yeah, go ahead. Right, so I'm going to boast on your behalf, Louise. You've been a oh, Super League you. umpire for the last 12 seasons and you've umpired in seven of the grand finals. You've also been an international umpire since 2009, umpired the 2011 World Cup, Netball Youth Cups, Constellation Cups, Quad Series competitions breathe and you'll be umpiring at the 2019 world cup in july i mean that's exhausting just reading all of that louise very impressive that's not all though you're also a mum of two and you run your own hr consultancy business so i think my first question is going to be where do you find the time to fit this all in louise <laughs> I was gonna say, and, I'm, and i'm only 21 <laughs> uh yeah no uh, it's really tricky for sure no no word of a lie um Every day, every week, particularly during the season, is a challenge for sure. I, li- I literally couldn't do it without my friends and family. I know that's a massive cliche and everyone talks about the massive support network they have around them. But in my circumstances, it- it's just absolutely critical. You know, picking the kids up from school, childcare, etc. Because generally I'm away um, for Super League matches during the week when when the kids uh, uh, finish school, etc. So, yeah, massive support from my friends and family. Just literally couldn't do it without them. And don't take credit well, away from yourself because you're juggling 
doing all of that as well. You have to make yeah. it all like clockwork. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And I, I have to say, I'm, I'm in the lucky position, I guess, um, from a work perspective nowadays, it's ever so slightly easier because I am running my own consultancy. I can effectively set my own hours of my clients, which obviously massively helps from a childcare perspective when I've got two young kids, but also means that I can also get away to my netball when I need to. I'm not having to take holiday or unpaid leave from work anymore. Um, it, it's my own business, so I can I can manage it that way as well. I mean, well. Louise, this is a real eye-opener. It's like, it's like you're telling me, <laughs> umpires are real people <laughs> what, what, so, sorry you think we get paid for that? you think that's my job well no actually this this was one of my points um i think a lot's been made you know about women in sport and you know prof- professionalism coming into netball um i i have kind of mentioned it before that it's not really fair if we if we push it the professionalism of players and then we leave umpires behind because how can we expect mm-hmm. a level of officiating that keeps up with players that are training you know six or seven times a week if we're expecting umpires to do it as a hobby um mm-hmm. how like how is that being dealt with from an officiating like point of view you're probably asking the wrong person, sorry. But, um, Don't tell me to I mean, ask I, Gary, jeez. I'll say I'm officiating. No, I mean, it, I get it. You know, look, I, I understand. We're, we're not a fully professional sport in, in England at the moment or in the UK. And, you know, we're not at the, le- at the level of Australia or New Zealand when players can, you know, play full time and, and earn at the level that, you know, they, yeah. they, they can. So I, I, I understand that there's an element of the you know the players having to get up to that level but yeah for sure it, it from an umpiring perspective it, it's a challenge and and particularly you know using myself as the example you know every minute or hour that I'm not working because of umpiring is lost earnings because I'm not earning um, fees off clients equally those those of my co-umpires who do work in companies they're, they're having to take their annual leave or they're having to take unpaid leave to leave you know if they're doing a tv game on a monday leave at lunchtime on a monday to get to the game or if they're on international duty you know take two weeks off to go and umpire a test series in south africa or australia or new zealand or wherever it is so so it is a massive challenge and you know coupled with that um you know, when you factor in, it's not it's not just about obviously the the sixty minutes on court, but we have to put a huge amount of work into our training. Um, you know, and, and the time that that takes up, and the post match analysis, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it, you know, it's 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 an expensive hobby. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but um, but you know. I, I'm, I'm not naive enough to think that, yeah, we should be out demanding um, massive fees as umpires. I would like to see it come. And I think as our, our sport progresses, I would hope that the officiating is the next layer that starts to be picked up as part of um, you know, how, how to better professionalise our sport, I guess. Well, yeah, I think, I think it's fair to say that you all do because, Louise, the amount of time, effort and, and money, really, because when you take into, if you, if you factor in lost earnings that you put yeah. into a, that, you must be a little bit frustrated from time to time that there isn't, you know, a financial gain to it at all. Yeah, I mean, the, the gains I get out of the sport are, are absolutely the love of the sport, being able to participate in a sport at the highest level within our country in a female sport with such a massive profile. So believe me, I get a huge amount out of it. It would be great for that to be supplemented with some kind of financial income for sure. But equally, I appreciate the sport's not there at the moment. So anything that we can do to try and get it to that level would, would be great because, you know, 
I worry that it could get to a point where actually an umpire says, do you know what, I, I can't afford to, to umpire because when you factor in the expense that we do have to lay out, and, and, it, and it's silly little things, it's the trainers, it's the, we, we get obviously get our kit, but it's the trainers, it's, I personally use a personal trainer for my strength and conditioning, um, you know, and that, that's obviously an expense that I have to outlay, any physio or rehab, that's something that I, you know, I personally um, uh, contribute towards and, and pay for myself. So, yeah, it's it, it's definitely a challenge and it's something that I would like to see change. But then if I think about the 12 seasons that I've been umpiring Super League, the change over that 12 years for us as officials, I'd hope, you know, in 10 years time, we wouldn't even be having this discussion because it would just be a given that, that officials will be remunerated for for the job that they're doing that's Look, good yeah sorry, go sorry louise can i just ask you i mean there is mm. a, there's a shortage of umpires we all know about yeah. it right from grassroots level you know up to the pinnacle where where you and a selected few are at the moment what are england netball doing about dealing with that deficit at the bottom because we we need these umpires to come through to get the same yeah. sort of you know exposures you're getting I mean, I know, I know, we all all take Mickey about the profile that. Well, sorry, you just did about the profile that Gary gets. But you know what? Since Gary has come in as the head of officiating at England Netball, the transformation in um, umpiring, particularly grassroots umpiring, has been phenomenal. I mean, you just have to look. I'm sure your regular viewers of the officiating pages on the England Netball website, but daily. If you, if you, <laughs> but you know, if you do just go and have a look at the amount of material and the amount of information information that is on there that Gary and the team particularly driven by Gary have have put the hard work in over the last couple of years to really try and drive up that grassroots grassroots participation because you're absolutely right Maggie that's where it starts you know I started my umpiring career blowing a whistle for my mum's school team because she was their coach <laughs> you know when, when I was 14 15 years old so trying to get in early and get get you know, officials involved at all levels, all ages um, is absolutely critical because it's the only way that we're going to continue to drive officiating forward. It, it mirrors the player pathway in, in, in many ways. But yeah, I mean, uh, Gary has done a huge amount of work. And as I say, if if you go and have a look there, there is such a wealth of information, um, you know, be it be it Pathways, be it YouTube channel, which has got a huge amount of resource on it as well um, for, for officials, rules, clarifications, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it's definitely on, on, on the move, Maggie, and, and a huge shift, particularly since Gary's taken over. Louise, you were part of the uh, the officials team at the grand final on Saturday, yeah. weren't you? What did you make I of was. that game? Uh, well, actually, not just even the game. I'd say the entire day was just a phenomenal advert for netball. I mean, I don't know what you thought, Sarah, but everybody seemed to think there was only one game played on Saturday. There were actually two. Yeah. Um, and and I and I blew the whistle on 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 the Loughborough Bath game. That was a phenomenal game, and yeah. I don't think anyone could call that at any point during the game. And actually, I was quite you know, as umpires, we don't really take. Ex- big notice of the score during the game because we're too busy umpiring but I was surprised to look up to the scoreboard and see that see the score at the end because I genuinely thought it was about one or two goals in it it was so competitive on court so you know that there was that game first of all which was a brilliant call it what you like curtain raise or whatever it was it was a brilliant brilliant game um, as a precursor to the grand final and you know the grand final where we did I have the best seat in the house or what it was mm. absolutely phenomenal um the 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 game just swung back and forth and obviously on, on the chair you, you, you're a bit more conscious of the score because it's sitting it's a score bench and hearing it called but 
I mean, literally, when I saw the scores, the quarter splits after the game, it was incredible. The swing between, you know, one, two, three, four quarters. Um, it, it was just brilliant. And the, the athleticism and the skill and the, the individual battles going on court during that grand final were just phenomenal. The, the one for me was particularly between Jade and Caroline at centre, yeah. really seeing the, the two of them battle hard. Um, and obviously the, the highlight of the day was Sarah Wing coach of the year. <laughs> all joking aside and I think I said to you on Sarah I mean it was thoroughly deserved um, for, for a phenomenal season at Loughborough but yeah the whole day was just was just brilliant I thought it was a, a great advert for the sport that we are all so incredibly passionate about I thought it was a brilliant finale to what I think has been the best Super League season um, you know and this being my, my 12th um, season 13th season I can't remember now but it, you know I think it it has been the best the most competitive I mean literally as umpires you're turning up to games and having no idea of how, you know what the scoreline is going to be at the end I mean I did your game yeah, that's how we are as well every weekend. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I did. Um, Sorry, I did your game at Thunder when you won. That that was yeah. incredible. I was there when you beat Wasps. You know, and and so I just I just thought it was a great end to a phenomenal season, a great backup to the Commonwealth Games, and just a brilliant precursor to what I hope is going to be the best World Cup we've ever seen. Oh, well, we yeah, fingers crossed. I was going to ask you how are you how are you preparing for that, Louise? <laughs> <laughs> I've given myself a couple of days off. I'm not going to lie. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's um, it, we don't get a lot of downtime because we're we're what we're about six weeks out now before mm. we have to go um, at the beginning of July. So um, it, it's it's basically just up in the intensity again. You know, I won't be umpiring week in week out or, or twice a week like I have been since January. But um, I'll be up in my training with with my trainer, particularly the intensity of it around and you know really focusing on my S&C because when we get to World Cup you know in theory we are umpiring every day for 12 days so um, as well as you know making sure that we're fit to actually run the games it's about making sure that we can recover in time for the following day um, and and that's something that is unique to doing a world tournament um, you know to even test series you, you get a couple of days between games but World Cup it's literally every day back on court so yeah up in the intensity of my training I'll be doing quite a bit of video analysis looking back at a couple of my games from this season um, um, you know, looking at, uh, at where I can uh, can make those marginal gains from an umpiring perspective, going back to my most recent international stuff, which was the quad series back in January. So having a look back at that. And then, you know, luckily, again, through Gary, we, we as um, England umpires have got access to quite a, um, a back a back catalogue of um, netball games, be it Super League seasons. We've also got access to all of the Commonwealth Games matches from last year. So I'll be going back to have a look at a few of those from from an international perspective because, you know, there's no denying that, so that you know, some of the international netball does differ in style from what we are used to umpiring week in, week out from a Super League game. Yeah, I was and gonna, then, sorry, sorry yeah. to interrupt you. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Is, is, is there mm. like a, a general umpire briefing given at World Cup? Because, you know, um, umpires obviously umpire in slightly different ways and, and talking about the final on Saturday, 70 goals were scored at one end and 39 at the other. Yeah. So like there's, there's a oh. there's a massive difference in, you know, how the game's being umpired and, and that's not to say one's right or wrong, but is, is there any sort of guidance given to you as a as a collective, like umpires from around the world, unite, this is what we're going to do? 
Yeah, we all get in a circle and hold hands. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what we do as players. <laughs> no, I mean, we, um, I'm trying to think how many umpires there are at the World Cup now. I can't remember off the top of my head, but we, there's, there's um, I think, about 20 of us going. We've got five international assessors there, and we will have um, pre, pre-briefings before the tournament. Not, not so much around, you know, individual rules, etc., but just, you know, a bit of a briefing around... Um, some of the stuff that goes around the game, you know, it, it's more of the uh, the setup of the court and the interaction with the TV and the interaction with the benches, et cetera, et cetera. The one that we do sometimes talk about as a collective is around game management. It's sort of the newest um, addition to our rules a few years ago with regards to the more formal ladder now of game management and the application of that. But, you know, I'm, you know, we are all umpiring from the same rule book so my interpretation of contact should be the same as anybody else's interpretation of contact my interpretation of what a meter is for obstruction should be the same as everybody else's so we won't we won't sit and go through individual rules or anything like that but we we will have a a chat more generally about the tournament and how it will play out Louise when it comes to selection for the matches how is that done because some of the countries will submit their umpires who are not of what I would class the same sort of standard as some of our umpires and yet because they have teams in the competition they have to put their umpires forward how are they selected for the games yeah so i mean it's not the case that every i mean i think back in the day every country took an umpire with them that's not the case at all now um you know in theory um there doesn't have to be a certain number of umpires from from every country so i believe from from an international perspective uh, my understanding of how it works is that um you are nominated uh, based on your performance within your country by um, a panel of international assessors, and that's from around the world. And those nominations go through the um, go through to um, the International Netball Federation, who will then make a selection of the umpires. They obviously have to consider neutrality, so mm. you can just go. You can just go with all England and all Australian umpires because then when England play Australia, there's no umpires available, for example. Oh, so they so do let it roll. Whoever <laughs> <laughs> comes out on top, let it roll. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they, you know, they do have to consider neutrality and um, to make sure that there's a fair spread of umpires to to cover the games that are being played out. But it's not the case that they have to have a certain number of umpires from a certain number of countries, for example. I mean, when we get to the tournament itself, Maggie. Um, you know, we always sort of say, in theory, you're only guaranteed one game, which is your first game, and then mm-hmm. um, the selection for every game is based on your performance. Ah. So, you know, it, it, you know, it's pretty high pressure, um, high scrutiny type environment where we we will be assessed every game, and that performance will determine the the allocation for the following day. Mm-hmm. So we 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 only get our our allocation for the following day, uh, the night before. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Louise, if anyone's listening now and they've listened to all that and thought, I want to give that a go, I want to get to that level <laughs> at some point, what bit of advice would you give them? How can they get into umpiring? I mean, to, to get into umpiring itself, again, you know, going back on what I was saying earlier, the first thing I'd say is for somebody, go and have a look at the England Netball website under the officiating pages there. I mean, honestly, it if, if you can't work out from there um, how to umpire, then... then I probably shouldn't be on <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, but there, there's just such a huge amount of information. And if not, um, you know, there, there's incredibly dedicated volunteers at a regional level. Um, so there's regional umpiring secretaries across all of the, the regions in England uh, where they can um, go and get some more advice and, and um, support as well. But, you know, j- just get out there, get a whistle, get blowing. I mean, I... I I started my umpiring career, as I say, my mum was my netball coach at school. And when I wasn't playing, and believe me, I wasn't a particularly fantastic player, I was either sitting around doing my homework, waiting for her, or picking up a whistle and blowing 
her netball game well I know what I'd rather do so I ended up doing that and that's just really where it progressed and and you know get out there get blind get get on a a, a beginner's a, a introduction to officiating course um, and just enjoy your netball really Thank you. You heard it here first. Pick up a whistle and get blowing. Louise, thank you so much for fitting <laughs> us into your hectic schedule. We do appreciate it. All the best for the Netball World Cup. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, good thank luck, Louise. You. Thanks, thank Louise. You, Take care. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Okay, moving on now. Over the pond to Sun Cup Super Netball Round 4. And Stacey and West Coast Fever were involved in a thriller against Vixens, which ended in the first draw of the season, 63-63. Uh, Vixens are still undefeated, and you'd have to say a good result for Fever, who were looking to get their season off the mark have you managed to speak to stacy after that one yes and, and yeah we we watched it on the bus on the way down to the oh. copper box on saturday and the bus driver was like i don't know what you were watching but it sounded exciting oh. <laughs> um calling the bus driver mate shout out he was alleged <laughs> yes Carl. um but yeah i have spoken to her and i think naturally they were disappointed that they didn't win it because they were up for most of the last quarter um and really, they had the ball with like 25 seconds to go and they scored a little bit quickly, which allowed Vixens to go down the other end yeah, and, and yeah. level it up. Um, but I think Fever were in that in that state of mind where everything was just take ball to goal, take ball to goal. And it wasn't like, oh, we need to slow it down a little bit. It was yeah. just, you know, we need to get ball to goal. Um, but if you can draw with top of the table yeah, undefeated, then, exactly. you know, it was a massive step up for them. It was a, a, a much improved performance and just the quality of that game, you know, the, the matchups on court, like just phenomenal quality. And Stacey must be happy with that. She's never happy. <laughs> is she like you? Is she like you? Where she's never... She's worse than me. Is, it, is she still going to rate it as like a six out of 10? Oh yeah. She, like you'd be lucky if you got over 50% on that. You are joking. No. And, but to be fair, she played really well. She did play really well. Um, and, Kaylee Stanton from Fever also played really well. She got um, Player of the Week for the league for that performance. So, you know, props shout to her. Out, shout out to both of you. Yeah. Right. Round four also saw Magpies, Lightning and Giants take wins. And that leaves Firebirds still searching for their first win. What do you think isn't quite clicking for them? I think Firebirds, I don't know. that. They kind of they they had something which was like quite unique in terms of Gretel Tippett and Ramel Aitken, like a really tall shooting end. Gretel Tippett's known for kind of her layups and her different basketball style passes. And now it's been done a few years. I think teams have just kind of cottoned onto it. it. They've they've developed good sort of strategies against it. And, and Firebirds are struggling for, for anything else at the minute. Well, what do they do then from here? Well, well it's a difficult one to say. Um, they, they have to just go back to the drawing yeah. board. And they have to come up with something different because if teams have worked it out, as they do when there's something new comes in, they you can get the wool over somebody, pull the wool over somebody's eyes for the first season. But after that, once the analysis is done, you've got to reinvent yourself and do something different. So everybody expects Gretel to drive hard and strong into the bar, into the goal and put that layup up. Yeah. If the key, if the shooter moves out to give her the space, everybody expects that big high one over the top. So reinvent yourself, do something yeah. different, think, change it up. Yeah, and I think Firebirds have, have got a, a defensive injury at the minute as well, which doesn't help them because you know they. Laura Geitz leaving them um, is obviously Huge. a big big gap in their defence end and then to suffer an injury early on in the season you know a few teams have, have suffered injuries and uh, it's bad timing for them well, we move on now because we've been chatting about the World Cup squad selection for the last couple of episodes. And as we're recording today on Wednesday, we now know that the final Roses squad is going to be announced officially tomorrow. However, it's already come out this week that former captain Amma, who led the Roses to their Commonwealth Games gold, is not going to be named in the 12. What do you make of that decision? I'll go. It's, it's obviously upsetting to Amma. As captain, it's obviously upsetting to her fans. 
the reality of the situation, I think, if you know, once the emotion's been taken out of it, Amma hasn't had much court time this season through injury more than anything else. And you have to be playing. And do we select a squad on what our heart says or what our head says? Um, very unfortunate. I don't know how she was told. I don't know how the story was broken before the selection tomorrow. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how it came out. But if you're doing it from a coach's perspective, thinking about you're coming up against the best in the world, then you need to make sure that your players can go out and do a job and be fit. And do she she just isn't. Do you agree with that, Sarah? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think from a coaching perspective, it's a ballsy decision from Tracy Neville. Um, but I think it's ultimately the right one because if you're going to go and say to players, we're picking on performance... Then go and pick a performance, yeah. and and so far, I mean, Amma's the only the only name that's kind of been leaked as not as not been in the squad. But so far, Tracy's done that, and it's purely a performance decision. So, I know it's a story because she's captain, but realistically, it's not a story. You know, yeah. like she's not in your best four defenders, so she's not going to a World Cup. There's not really any story there. What what I think is bad is that it's been leaked, yeah, and that this has now been made about Amma because it. In the nicest possible way, it's, it shouldn't be about Amr, it should be about the squad that's going to World Cup and how excited people are. Because every squad selection, someone's not picked. Yeah. So for the last two or three, Sasha Corbin's not been picked, but we don't see, see a story about it. We don't that. see yeah. a story about it. And it's it's the same thing. Yes, you were captain and, you know, yes, you it led a team to a Commonwealth Games gold medal. And so that's the story. But not getting picked is not getting picked. Everyone hurts the same from that. And I think it's disappointing the way that it's been that it's come out and that it's been portrayed. And people are going, oh, it's devastating for Amma. And it is devastating on an individual basis, but it'll be devastating for all those girls that don't get picked. And I think that the public outcry needs to be a little bit more considered in terms of what performance, what who performance-wise des yeah. deserves to go. And is Amma in that squad? Because for me, she isn't. Do you think that actually the outcry off the back of it, is that going to benefit her at all? Or will she actually be thinking, I don't want this? I think she's probably, I think her England career is probably, probably done now. That's mm. what I think. She's what, 36? And that's not old, but she's uh, she's married, yeah. you know, her husband lives in another country, you know, she's not gone to the world champs. And, and historically, every four years, you get players dropping off because it's that natural cycle yeah. of four years World Cup, I'll step out and I'll step away. You know, let's see what happens. It'll be tomorrow's fish and chip paper. Yeah, it will. Because the big announcement's tomorrow and that will take the sh that will be what should be shining it, above it, all this. It will be, but I mean, assuming that Amma wants to play next year, if you're a team looking to recruit, you look at that and you go, well, this story's leaked and Amma's sat in front of a camera telling a story that shouldn't be news yet. And would I trust to sign someone like that in my team? If it's me, no, because I don't want stories leaking out of my squad. And so however it's got there, it's... Amma in front of a camera telling her story. It's wrong. I'd be miffed. Yeah, you would be quite annoyed. Oh, well, I feel really bad for my next question well, then, because I was well, going to say, <laughs> there are some rumours. Oh, I've heard them all. Yeah. <laughs> Share the wealth. Share the wealth. No, what were you going to say, Mags? No, I'm just, you know, there's a few people putting a spin on it saying that it's Amma's way of, of getting her side of the story mm. across, you know, before anybody else has been allowed to influence it. You know, when you when you sign up to wear you know the, the, those colours and you know and you you, you want to be a rose, there are certain expectations that come with it. You know she's an extremely bright young lady, and she knows that there's got to be some sort of repercussions for her actions. There is, there's a con you know for every action there's but, a consequence. But I think also you you kind of miss the point of it if you if you go or oh, Amma needs to get her story across. There's there's numerous people in England netball over the past 12 years who've had more scandalous stories than this mm -hmm. to tell and have chosen not to 
because of the good of the team. And it's not because yeah. they don't want England netball to be dragged through the mud and it's not because they don't want to tell the story. It's because they go, what impact does this have on the team? Whether I'm in it or not, it has a negative impact. And if, you've, if you're part of that team and you're, you know, you've signed up and you've given your heart and soul to, to the England team, then you still care about them regardless of what individually has happened to you. Absolutely. So is this then a case of it's very, very selfish? Yeah. Is well, that what it's coming down to, that it, she's being selfish? If that's how it's perceived, particularly by the girls that she trains with, she's going to have to go and train with some of the girls that are, have been selected, that will be selected. Is that going to be a bit weird from both points of view? Well, I, I imagine so. I mean, it, I mean, England Netball came out saying she is going to go into World Cup camp. For me, that's a massively awkward situation mm. you then walk into because you're going to w- walk into a World Cup camp with all the other players who, who have been selected, but you're also going to walk into a World Cup camp with all the other players who haven't been selected, yeah. who haven't, haven't leaked anything. anything to the press. Yeah. So it is going to be awkward. Yeah, it will be. It'll be. Uh, it will be difficult for them, and we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, so. On that next question, have we heard any rumours? Sarah, I feel like you do know something, but you don't really want to share it with the group. I mean, I, think... I, know, I know what the South Africa team is and the Jamaican <laughs> team. That's not, that's not news for us here. Everyone knows that. Right, well, we'll look forward to discussing that next week then. Cheers for that, ladies. Uh, right, moving on. As I can't put you on the spot, I'm not getting anything from you. Uh, Super League. Yeah, we can't do Super League predictions. Oh my God, no more money in the kitty. Devastated. We'll, well have to go and spend it all. bet on. There'll be well, something else. And also, to be honest, you've not been putting money in it. I've been keeping my eye on you both and there's been no money going in it. Uh, so I'm going to put you both in the hot seat for question time. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. Firstly, we've had a great question coming from Krista Hayden, who says, at Mickey Austin's storm end of season thank you speech, she mentioned that there were some changes coming into the Super League for next season and that would increase the competition for squad places. Can Sarah expand on what Mickey meant? Fewer teams, tighter or more relaxed? import rules so it's a 10 10 on the bench yeah I mean I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to tell you this but I will because Ooh, <laughs> I'm not exclusive there you go you get yeah, your exclusive yeah we're getting it now. we're getting it no I think I think I can um, I think that the talk is about um, taking squad sizes to 10 um, mm-hmm. for match days it doesn't it doesn't really it, it depends how teams work it because you can have you can still have a a training squad of 15 you can pick any 10 from that 15 so teams can do it one of two ways. You can you can sign 15 girls up and pick 10 every week or you can sign 10 up for the season and say you're going to be our 10 and then have five training partners. So it's it's kind of up to individual teams which way they do it. Um, so it may have an impact on player spaces. It may not. Do you think this is a good thing? No. Why? Because I think if you're going to take it to 10, then you, you should enforce that only teams can only sign 10 players yeah. and then and then that restricts people and it makes people move for game time. If you say to teams you can still have 15 players, then you could still just sit in a squad of 15 and hope to get picked each week. Yeah. Um, it's th- going to have to make your players a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, across all the positions. So your players now Versatile. can't play. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, my lovely. Mm-hmm. You can't just play one position. You're going well, to have think- to be able to play maybe two well if you're not starting three. seven if, if you're starting seven you're probably okay if you're sat on that bench you've only yeah. got three subs so you're yeah. going to need subs on your bench who can play across like you yeah. say two or three yeah. positions so that changes that changes things for people who are a second choice yeah. goalkeeper of a second choice goal shooter and they don't offer anything else um, it changes things mm-hmm. a little bit um, but I think it's it's a kind of they've gone halfway with it on this rule 
Well, we'll see and we'll watch the impact that that does have and hope that answers your question, Krista. Next up, we've been contacted by Netball Dad, Ralph, who tells us that all three of his daughters played netball. You love that name, don't you? Yeah, so, okay. so, Well, I know, Ralph. <laughs> Ralph, we just, love you I just already. think of Wreck-It Ralph. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's done plenty of miles. He's got his netball taxi uh, ferrying all three of his daughters round. Ralph's question, however, is about trials as he worries that there is favouritism showed to girls who play for big clubs, have sisters and teens already or if they're tall he also says that his 16 year old was very emotional after her last trials as uh, the same girls push forward to pick spare bibs up in matches and he asks why do coaches and selectors not pick up on this because there is no favoritism you know mm. it depends what your club is is it a recreational club where it's just let's just all play and have fun or is it a performance club because the two are very very different mm. you know we're always always looking for for new talent you know yeah it helps if you've got tall shooters and tall keepers and I'm not going to say for one minute that coaches aren't looking for height in the right places on the court but you're also looking for those players those girls who have got like a little bit of spark a little bit of something that you can maybe work with to make them better so Ralph we've got you know we had a trio we had the Harris sisters at our club that are now all over the place with the Super League and what have you uh-huh. um, and you know we, we, there was no favouritism it's it was a performance club and who was performing best players. And do you speak on behalf of all clubs there, basically? I can't speak on behalf of all clubs because I do know. Um, I do know yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I can does. fully understand what Ralph's talking about because there's players, um, I'm, and I'm speaking from when, when I was growing up playing, yeah. there's players who, who have someone right in their corner and there's players that don't. Who is that someone normally? A coach or an influential person in netball, you know, someone who's kind of like having a word to the people that matter going, yeah. you know, look at this player, like she's great, blah, blah. I was not one of those players because as you can imagine, I just used to like charge around court like... <laughs> Oh. No, you'd never imagine that, no, would you, Max? Like, I, and especially because like, I came from a football background, so I'd just mm. like charge around court, bashing into people, you know, just like, <laughs> and also looking like a scruff bag. Like, She's you know, nothing but honest. Yeah. yeah, what's wrong with that, though? But, that, but that's what I mean. But, you know, and I'm not saying that this is still the case, but, you know, the girls would turn up with like, you know, a nice... Um, ponytail. A nice ponytail, or like French plaits, you know, mm. in the club kit, which always just annoyed the hell out of me because, you know, you meant to turn up in like black bottoms, white mm. top. They'd turn up in the club kit. It's like, yeah, we get it. You play for a club. Um, and then you'd feel like, you know, their face fit. Um, and I think, but- I think my advice, my advice to Ralph is that the older they get, if you stick with it, the more these people drop off. The less the face will matter. The less mm. the face will matter. And actual talent will come Yeah, through. and I remember one of my England trials, um, there was obviously like a, a a number one court and a number two court. So the number one court was the people that they wanted and they were watching. And the number two court was like, you know. You're just, fighting for your life and your presence. Yeah, yeah, literally. And I was on this number two court, you know, Beckett Ralph over there. <laughs> and um, I only got on the number one court because someone got injured. And then I made that squad. So it, it's... Opportunities do oh, opportunities come, don't they? come, and also well in part it's luck then. There, well, it, 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 it is a little let's bit call, of luck. Let's call it opportunities. Yeah, <laughs> it, well, it yeah. is, it is, and it is a little bit of luck. But I think the longer you stick with it, and and the more you just keep pushing your case by playing well, um, the easier it gets. Because I used I used to have this the same arguments with my dad. Like, well, not arguments, but I'd be like, oh, you know what, dad? Like, she's not even that good. Like, it's just because she's at that club or, you know, it's just because her mum's mates with her. Yeah. Or, and my dad would be like, well, just go and show him. Yeah. Just go and show him. And, it, and it, It's hard, though, to do that, I think, because this is new to me. I did not know. No, it, this- it is hard. And I think, I think it's um, 
I, like it is a bit of a dog eat dog world. And I was the same, like when, when the bibs were there, I'd be like the one just hanging out the back, like, yeah, I'll take anything. Yeah. And my dad was like, you get in there and you get mm. the position you want. It was like, because this, like this doesn't come for free. You need to get amongst it. Um, so I think my, one piece of advice would be try, try to kind of get over the shyness and Get in. Be a bit more dominant. Well, if you're watching other people do it, yeah. go do it. Yeah. Like, just go and forward. And I think the irony is the ones who are usually the most confident and the, the most like, I'm going to have the goal attack bib are the, are the ones who end up dropping off because yeah. they, they're just not... The cats are staying. Yeah. Well, Ralph, please show all three of your daughters. Let them listen to this and then they can hear it from the pros themselves as well as Sarah and Mags, all right? <laughs> right, we've also had a really interesting tweet. I was like, what? <laughs> we've also had a really interesting tweet as well from Lucy Pollock who suggested there should be a tournament for the top five nations uh, who could send their top national teams to compete. So has anything like this ever been done before? Let me reread that. So she said... There should be a tournament for the top five nations who could send their top national teams to come. Oh, as in like a club tournament. Yeah, oh, yeah right. I've got you. I was like, that's like the yeah. World Cup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quad series. I was reading it thinking, mm, yeah. I was like, I don't know what Emma, where Emma's going here. <laughs> um, it's been talked about. It's been talked about like a kind of um, super club tournament. Um, and I think the problem now with netball is where you fit it in. Because the, de- the, de- the in- calendar international is- netball rolls into domestic netball yeah. rolls into international, and because we're not on exactly the same calendar as Australia or New Zealand, it, it becomes tricky. There's the the I don't even know what they call it at the minute. In in New Zealand, there's like a, a, a club tournament in Nelson each year, and um, I think the top three New Zealand teams play that, and they've invited English teams. I think Sirens went last year. Um, Fijian teams, a South African, oh, an Australian team, possibly South African team. But it's not it's not necessarily whoever finishes top. Um, but like a Champions League type thing would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be good um, actually, wouldn't it? And without like, wanting to be the Jonah, it's like it's cost as well though, Sarah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you'd have to have it somewhere like Dubai or South Africa or somewhere. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. But just yeah, it's hard just to try and fit it in, and with player loads, it's it's difficult. Yeah. So we just need some like big billionaire to come and go. Here's a here's yeah. A so if cash. you're listening. Yeah. Get in touch with. Don't Netflix. know how much money you've got, Lucy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm free. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you all our details very shortly. Don't you worry. Podcast from Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Oh, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Finally, just want to give a shout out as well to Ruth Bell, who's kindly sent over some Vitality Super League stats for us. We've got another stat. Oh, hello. Yeah, we have. Also, a big shout out to her club Jets NC Berry St Edmunds. Uh, thank you to everyone who's got in touch with some fantastic questions there for the girls. If you've got anything you'd like us to discuss or ask, or if you are a millionaire. Please do get in touch. You can email hello at my netball nation or get in touch on any of the socials at my netball nation. Now, uh, before I ask you two for your shout outs, wait, just... wait, wait. Are you, are you reading these, these stats or is she just. No, she sent them in. So thank you. I mean, there's loads of them. Oh, right. Okay. There, I mean, we could do a whole episode alone on an on Excel a stat. spreadsheet. Oh, it's not. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Do, yeah but shout out to Ruth. To him, but... Yeah. Shout out to Ruth for doing that. Thank you. Uh, before I ask you two for your shout outs, just want to give a special mention to our friends at femalefirst.co.uk who've named Netball Nation as their podcast of the week. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Podcast of the year next, won't it? Mm. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for that, guys. If any of you want to check out all this week's news and views, then get yourself over to their website where there's also lots of coverage of a number of different female sports. It's really good, this. Huge fans. The website, again, is www.femalefirst.co.uk. So please do go and check it out. Are there any shout outs you guys would want to do? 
I've just got one, if I've got the date right. I think yeah. this weekend it is the National Clubs. It the is under, under 14s. Under oh, 14. Good so luck. Huge, huge, huge good luck for every single one of those girls going out there playing this weekend. It's just phenomenal and you can have the best time and good luck to the to every single one of them. And playing. get in touch, let us know if that is mm. you. And then we, you know, maybe even get in touch with us next week. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, for you? I mean, the bad news is Stacey isn't on board with the donkeys. Oh, for the oh. wedding. She doesn't want the donkeys to be ring bearers. She's oh. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, she's like she's claiming it's because of her fur allergy, but, you know, there's antihistamines out there. <laughs> um, Harsh. You know? this Harsh. Is, well, should we think of another animal that's not as furry then? She can't get away with that. There's those cats that have no... They're oh, just all oh, skin. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, you're... you're I've just... What an end to the Netball I don't, Nation I podcast. don't like cats as it is, and then it's like skinless what, cats. What are they called? Cats. What are they called, the things that are just... They look, like, they look like aliens. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand why you would have them as a pet. Just I know we're digressing well, what, here. What do, you, what do you stroke? What do you stroke? Uh, Stroking skin. Like, it's like... You might uh, as well stroke your arm or something, like aren't you? Stroking a like, cold uh, chicken or something. Like. Although people have snakes as pets, don't they? No, and they don't have fur either. Cats. No, I'm it's not got, sure. It's got weird... Well, let's think of something that's not as furry that maybe she oh, okay. might get on board with to be the Well, I mean, now top of the list is Sophia, my niece. Um, <gasps> yeah. Because... Um, she's the right age, and she? she yeah. She's the right age. And, and my sister said to, to her, oh, guess who Auntie Sarah's getting married to? And she was like, oh, I don't know. And she said, Stacey. And she was like, Stacey? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, so it's going to be a wedding with a, a girl and a girl. <laughs> oh, I thought you just love the innocence of I a know. child. Yeah. And so we were like, yeah. And she was like, that's weird, but cool. Oh. <laughs> and so we're like, She's on board. There we yes. go. She's in. She's in the wedding. Right. Mm. So the donkey's gone and Sophia, your niece I mean, is I'm in. still sad yeah. about the donkey. It, well, how good would it be if Sophia was riding a donkey? <gasps> well, that sort of ticks both boxes it, then. You could pitch this to Stacey and say, Sophia would really like to ride the donkey in and then she'd be, she'd be guilt tripped. You can't say no. I mean, she's quite cold, but maybe. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll follow this. It's okay. like Animal Farm. Any, any others? Any others? Have we got any other shout um, I, I think um, the other thing is just the excitement around World Cup announcements. We've had South Africa's today. We've had Jamaica's today. We get England's and New Zealand's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I, Australia's this week, I think, as well. Yeah. So We're going to have a lot to talk about next yeah, week. Loads. It's going to be really Excited. exciting. Can't wait for that. Uh, and that's it. The end of another show. So we'll see you all next week. Thank you very much for listening to Netball Nation. Uh, to listen to our podcasts, head over to mynetballnation.com and follow us on all the social platforms at mynetballnation. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. This is Netball Nation.